0: I feel like there's like this little, little cloud following me around and sometimes it's my baby and sometimes it's negative self-talk and sometimes it's comparison to other mothers and it floats behind me and is simply trying to grow with every compounded day and thing that passes. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS Then, they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It On Mom Brain.
1: Welcome back to Blame It On Mom Brain. This is Jodine. And this is Amanda. And today, we're going to talk about something very relevant to right now. A lot of what we've talked about has been our past experience, and we're finally starting to catch up to our current real-life events. So today, something very heavy (laughs) it's something very real and something that specifically amanda has been feeling recently and we've been kind of saving it to talk about it here today it started with with your conversation with me started with by sending me an article by um bbc yeah bbc yeah and it is called we will link this article but it is called the mums who are ambivalent about motherhood and i just want to say I wanted to make sure I googled ambivalent when I, when I was reading this article. And essentially, it's in between two minds having two opinions about something very much floating in the middle of two ideas and I was yes. trying to think about like what am I ambivalent about Oh, well, I think I'm ambivalent about having a second child um but
0: <laughs> sure yeah but let's just start I'm going to start by saying that all of this has kicked off after a very challenging month and a half with our babe it's been really difficult between everybody having some kind of cold some kind of conjunctivitis slash pink eye, some kind of diarrhea some kind of this always someone else's cold. Like, And and I know that beginning daycare is probably something that was a trigger for this as well, because now Romeo two times a week is going part-time to daycare. And I know we haven't actually discussed too much of daycare or staying at home or anything like that. And I'd love to, to further dive into that over an upcoming podcast, but we have decided to do part-time daycare for Romeo since the month of October. And it has been amazing on so many fronts. I can't even express how much I've needed that mental surrender in so many capacities, the surrender of trusting other people, the surrender of not having to constantly being in control, the surrender of uh, having full days with babe that instead I could take two days that could go toward my work or toward errands or toward rest, anything else other than um, motherhood specifically in the hands-on, completely touched out kind of way. And I know that he's gotten a lot of colds as a result of that. It's been a difficult time. We've also chosen to do 12-month vaccinations just a few days ago. So it's just been a lot all at once. And we have learned that you are typically going to catch the things that your baby has. Not always, not forever, but typically. And I know that's not the case for everybody. However, it has certainly been the reality for us here in my house, for my case. And I know there are a lot of moms who can relate. I've shared about this on my personal social media account, um, not the Bomb podcast, but mine. And the, re- like the response was very overwhelmingly similar. So I felt that it might be helpful to discuss this because this particular particular topic of internal ambivalence, which is what this this BBC article dives into, and I'll define it in a second, was something that I realized is what I'm feeling at this particular time. In all of this challenge that we're navigating, in the lack of sleep, in the 12-month sleep progression, and I say progression because I know that he's having trouble sleeping at night because he's learning heaps during the day. I mean, he went from crawling like a champ. And Jodine knows this. It was like, well, he walk because he's so good at crawling to only walking to using utensils to eat, to saying different words, to understanding questions, to answering my questions. Like it's been the whole gamut of, whoa, we have like a real talking live little person here versus mm-hmm. like funky little blob that I like to feed, you know? Yeah. So I know Weird. that, yeah, it's so odd. Every day. <laughs> so I know that there's a lot going on for him too. And I'm trying to show that sort of compassion that I show to him to myself because it is hard all around. Even if it's beautiful, it's also hard. And that's where maternal ambivalence begins. It begins with the word and, it's the both. It's the this and that. It's not just the this or that, or I feel like this, but this. It's and. And and we're going to talk about that today. It's just like ambivert.
1: That's right. The word ambi Mm -hmm. um, means both. Yeah. And that's exactly
0: what I am as a person. So many people identify as extroverted or introvert. And so often in my life, I could not identify with either because I was like, I am both of those things. I'm, I'm recharged in a group of people and I need seven to 10 business days of no fucking socializing whatsoever after I've been with said people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care how much I love the people. I need to be by myself even after like hanging with my partner. Like I need to be alone after getting my cup filled with such awesome people. So it's both for me. And one day I discovered the word ambivert and I was like, oh, that's me. I've never felt so seen and understood. And again, I feel like I've been spreading that word to people and they understand, and I've been finding my community by identifying with myself. And so that's sort of the hope here today is that if you two are between a rock and a hard place in your particular season of motherhood, you aren't on your own. And maybe you're not, maybe you're in a space where, you know, I felt a couple of months ago where I was like, this is it. I can do this shit day and night. Like he's sleeping solid 10 to 13 hours a night. I feel rested. I have a night after he goes to bed. I actually have personal time. I'm working out with ease. I'm cooking with joy. Like everything felt like it was kind of puzzle piecing, perfectly sticking together. And I say perfect, but we all know it's never always perfect. Um, and I hope that you're just relishing in that season because that's beautiful and it's a great place to be. And I think there's also beauty in this, but it's just sometimes a little harder to find. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I know this has been a
1: little bit of a progression to get to, like, where you're feeling right now. So there's the lack of sleep. There's the shitty sleeping for Romeo. There's his attitude. There's his sickness. And there's your sickness. And there's Will's sickness. And then there's you getting irritated by Will because he said something. But really, you're just feeling shitty. So, you know, it's just this just big spiral of events that leads to right now. Yeah. So... Let's just start with how do you feel today,
0: and then we'll figure out how you got there. Today has been a really interesting morning because we've actually had a morning like no other. We woke up to our little one um, having full-blown pink eye conjunctivitis vibes, like mucus in eyes, both eyes, mucus in nose and throat, chest everywhere. Like He's definitely loaded up. And this is following his 12 month vaccinations. Um, It can't be easy to have vaccines, especially as a little one. So we've noticed some of the symptoms have been similar to what we were advised would happen basically. And um, today I, I woke him up, noticed all that and gave him a nice warm shower in my arms to kind of release some of the mucus and all that on his face so that he could breathe a little better so that he could drink milk. All of this was because he was having a hard time even drinking that first bottle. And as you know, that first feeding in the day is typically like the biggest one. And so Mm -hmm. he was becoming very frustrated very quickly. So I managed to clear all that out, did a lot of snot sucking and changed him, got him all nice and warm. He was in a really great mood. And then he pooped, but he didn't just poop. He pooped completely out of diaper all down leg, all in pants, all over a onesie, all on his feet, his socks everywhere. It just it was full like blown a mis- diarrhea. Yeah, full blown everywhere and it was all over our floors, all over our change table, all over our his feet. It, it was all over me everywhere, all over the surfaces where we were trying to change him. And I say this because He flails like an alligator that I'm trying to wrangle for every single thing I need to do, whether it's a diaper change or an outfit change. It's wild. And this was no different. So even if he's in a wonderful mood, it can go south really quick. And it's harder when he's literally shit hitting the fan, like trying Mm -hmm. not to be changed and all that. So that was how this morning began a second bath. After the first one to clear out his face, we had to clear out the rest. And <laughs> you really cleared
1: out that kid this morning. <laughs> I mean,
0: everything was coming out. You pick an orifice, oh it was out. <laughs> um, and then it's so it led to laundry on hot, like getting everything disinfected, just dis- everything out. I'm there mopping the floors, scrubbing the bathroom, scrubbing any surface he's touched. And so it became like this, okay, I need help. And I'm very thankful to have a partner who works from home and was able to be like, oh shit, literally, and was able to kind of just dive in and help with that. But it was, it, it was like two straight hours of actual poop, dealing with poop. And so it was very, you know, automatic call the, or message the daycare, let them know we're obviously not coming. So I lose a day that I've Sort of been looking forward to with expectation of okay, whew, all the things that I have a harder time doing with him or that just take exponentially longer mm-hmm. can now be done in 15 minutes because I'll be able to be in and out li- truly like pre babe life. And so that's where I'm at today is just still discovering these mornings of complete curveballs that you hope you don't have to navigate, but you obviously will. And you I've always wondered how you'll navigate them before they happen. And here you are, hands and knees, scrubbing the poop off the ground. And you're like, oh, okay, this is where we're at.
1: That's so gross.
0: Yeah, it was nasty. (laughs)
1: Like, I think people think moms have no, like, oh, you love your baby so much. It's not gross. Like, you should see my husband change a diaper. He sounds like this. (gasps) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Because he he holds his breath.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Even when it's just pee. He just still does that because he hates the smell of pee. It's like no, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, So, do you think it's interesting because starting daycare has caused, or sorry, not caused, but given you so much relief mentally and physically, being able to go do things. But do you think it has added to, like the like you are you feeling so much more disappointed? Because you were looking forward to that relief that you know exists now and that you can get. And when you find out that you can't get it, it actually makes it so much worse than if you just hadn't had planned it in the first place.
0: I think so. But I will say that I'm like, I wasn't born yesterday in motherhood anymore. Like we've been in this for a year. And I sort of learned that while, yes, I did at the beginning get caught in that trap for the last four weeks that has had to go out the window. There Mm. are no more expectations. Daycare, I'm paying for it, whether he's there or not. So I'm like, amazing. If he goes, great, I can get these things done. Today was a bit more challenging because I have an appointment that I booked one month ago. Mm. So I absolutely had expectations about today. Um, Hopes, but definitely expectations. But any other day, not anymore because he's missed quite a few as a result of daycare of being sick of other babies being sick and um, it just being the nature of the season we're in, more windows are closed, more gatherings are happening because it's cl- creeping up on holidays and people you know are are mingling um it's it's just the nature of it. even if I go into an event with no cold or illness, someone has one and we will catch it and we have and so that's I, I would say the relief is, is just something I'm willing to be excited about when I'm already in it. Mm -hmm. Because I've even had mornings where he's had a crappy time at daycare and I've had to go get him early. So it it isn't a given. None of it is a given in parenthood. So even your really good phases are not a given forever. But equally so, even your really shitty phases are not forever. So I'm just trying to keep swimming every day. Well, that's the only option, isn't it? (laughs) It's not like you can
1: go lay down all day. Um, that's the shitty part there's this i highlighted a couple things in this article and this part says the change to motherhood has been especially difficult to adjust to she says after spending so much of her life developing her own career social circle and personal interests and aspirations something that past generations of mothers who tended to become parents younger may not have experienced quite as fully and i feel like this is a really good definition of what you've been experiencing.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think we should not even move any further without defining maternal ambivalence. As I did mention before, I was going to express that, but so I want to talk about that. Maternal ambivalence is defined as feeling complex, often contradictory emotions around motherhood and ambivalence doesn't stem from a lack of love for your child. Um, in fact, it's mothers who identify as ambivalent tend to be clear that they would do anything for their kids so much. So that for many the worry, stress and fear they feel for their children is part of why they've they find being a mother so challenging. It's, you know, because like you said they have a life that they've probably built prior to babe, but they're also willing to do anything for their baby. But they might also feel anger, resentment, apathy, boredom, anxiety, guilt, grief and sometimes even like rage and hate. Emotions most people are not brought up to associate with motherhood, never mind with being a good mother. And so this mix of emotions is challenging because it takes a really brave woman to voice that they're feeling any of those not so nice feelings that I just listed. And I there have been a few nights where I've texted Jodine saying, like, I straight up am grieving my life before baby right now. Because when I was sick before, I got to just sleep and heal, sleep and heal in a fraction of the time I was back on my feet. But now, no matter what, there's a little one who is in need of you, and you are the grown-up, and you are the one who must tend to send babies. So you don't have – if babe is awake forty five every 45 minutes at night, you've got to be there. Mm-hmm. And this isn't typical. My baby typically does sleep through the night. So if he isn't doing that – then I know something is different. I know it is challenging for him. And I know it's okay for me to go and be there and intervene and be there for him. But what's challenging is it often means I'm not being there for myself, not because I don't want to be, but because I literally can't sleep through the the frequent wake-ups or the constant neediness or the sneezes or the snot-sucking necessities or any of those things. So maternal ambivalence is being able to say, I love my kids so much, And I really fucking hate motherhood right now and being so what's what the hard part is this is what I was telling Jodine and how we kind of knew it needed to be an episode is I am just saying these things out loud, knowing that other people think them, but are so afraid due to shame and criticism and judgment by other people that they won't fucking say it because they're so afraid of what other people will think of them. And God forbid you say that you're having a hard time with motherhood so that it removes that squeaky clean halo that's supposed to sit atop a mother's head. It is such bullshit that we don't get to have both of those feelings when in reality we have them, regardless Mm. of if you're saying them out loud or not. Like there's not one, people listening to this, there's not one person you follow on Instagram, on social media, who's posting a happy picture with their baby, who didn't just have five meltdowns prior to taking that picture, Mm -hmm. or who didn't just have five challenging days or moments within that week. Everybody is experiencing them. They're only posting the shiny squeaky parts. And that is not a reason for you to feel like you're doing it wrong. It's just, please take this as a gentle reminder that if you're in a hard season, like I'm experiencing right now, that maybe you need to curate how you're consuming motherhood and become really honest with what it's feeling like for you. I think- Admitting it to other people is
1: one thing, but I think even just only admitting it to yourself mm. is really difficult. It is. And that's what I liked about this article.
0: And I know this kind of happened for you because this was something Will found, right? And then- uh, Yes, he found this after a late night conversation with me that I'm not going to lie. Like I'm bawling at this point. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't catch up. Mm -hmm. I can't get better. I want to be moving my body. I want to be doing my work. I want to be there for my baby at the proper emotional environment Mm -hmm. that I know I can be when I'm in like top shape. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and none, just none of us are as a cumulative vibe in this house. None of us are where we know we can be. And it's, it's just hard and I just need to express that. And um, I was telling him basically everything that you read in this article, which again, we will link up so you can read the full thing. And that I went to bed. He stayed up, did a bit of researching, found this article and texted it to me and said, you know, like you're really not alone. And I am always here, but this is a cool read because you might relate a lot. So check it out. And I, I sent it to Jodine within minutes of reading it.
1: Relatability is so important because... Like, I know this is at least my experience. Sometimes I think I'm feeling something, but then I'm not actually sure I'm feeling it. But then when you read it, or, which is why I wanted to record this podcast episode, you listen to someone else talk about it, you're like, oh, wait a second, that's what I'm feeling and suddenly it's just more clear. And even just that small amount of clarity can help you try and take steps to move forward and move out of it. But until then, you're just kind of trapped in this like, uh, 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 just like pain, 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 pain. Yeah. You don't know what to do with it. But then when you kind of see it laid out, it's like, oh, it just makes more sense. And it just kind of helps clear up the mind a little bit, even if it's just by having something to relate to. So I'm really glad it was very timely because this is a recently um, released article. So yeah, it was like made
0: for me. It yeah. It was like, like we'll the just... universe sent you this article. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I think it's really important that you say what you just did because for example, a term that I could never put my finger on because I've never been a mother. I've never heard of this term before was touched out hmm. it was the point where Romeo was constantly in my arms, constantly breastfeeding, constantly needy, constantly, constantly, constantly. And so anybody giving me a hug, my partner, a friend, anybody wanting to hold, like my partner wanting to hold hands, um, me like getting a hug from anybody, loved ones, like family members made me cringe. Mm. I was like, Oh my God, don't fucking touch me I oh. want to be untouched. Yeah. And, and I couldn't figure out why I was feeling like that because I love a good hug. I'm down for a high five. Like I've always been that way mm-hmm. and I love cuddling my baby, but there just became a point where I was like, I can't be physically needed by anybody right now in any capacity. And then one day I was scrolling social media and I've done the best job I possibly can of curating my page to be useful, informative, educational content so that when I'm scrolling, Mm -hmm. I can at least learn some things on the mindless scroll. You know that one, that scroll that you do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I came across a graphic of like a little mom icon in the center with many bubbles around her head, explaining what touched out meant, like inability to um, uh, physically connect with others, feeling like you're tired of holding baby, not wanting to breastfeed, not wanting to be close to partner, things like that. And I was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. It was like ding, 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 like I was on the wheel of fortune and I was just getting every single thought that I couldn't articulate brought to life. And it just, again, like being called an ambivert and realizing that's how I feel, it was the exact same thing.
1: I want to – like I keep thinking of you in this ambivert term. Like you're not getting the ambervertness in no. mother in motherhood right now. Like you need the seven to ten business days. You, you don't have seven to ten minutes sometimes. No. So I feel no. like that's kind of flowing into this problem that you're facing right now is you're not getting that space that you need alone to recharge.
0: No. And, and when I, you
1: I, don't have it like and I know when we when I asked you to record about this, you said, I don't have a solution yet. Mm -hmm. yeah that always bugs me and I don't like talking about things unless I have a solution and I said it's very okay sometimes it's great for us to talk about things so we can help working towards getting a solution and this is where I really like that we're starting to get a little bit of a following now because clearly we are not the only people that experience these things so I'd love to hear what other people's experience is dude I would love to talk
0: to Dr. Sophie Brock a motherhood studies sociologist in Sydney, Australia, and host of the podcast, The Good Enough Mother. Yes. I would love to talk to her someday. That'd be so cool. Okay. Everybody put it out there. Tag tag her if you find her online. Tag her, and say, her these babes are dying to talk to you. About ambivalence. <laughs> um, yeah, about ambivalence. I, I want to share something from the article as well that I, I think is important when identifying why maternal ambivalence is such a thing. And it's because motherhood is a really time-consuming, labor-intensive, emotional task, one that means a fundamental shift in one's identity as well as often difficult physiological changes. Mothers have likely had conflicting feelings about it as long as mothers have ever existed, but nobody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. So that is huge. It's the shift in your physical sense, your mental, your emotional, your your cognitive because of your sleep deprivation, your social because you're not hanging with your friends, and even your your support because this whole it takes a village to raise a baby. Yeah, where is the village? I know where's the <laughs> like, village at? <laughs> yeah, like because here's the thing too, and and I I say this in complete respect for the decision. I'm sick as shit, and so is our family. Why would I want to bring in like the elderly, like my parents or other people or or family members who have babies or friends who have babies of their own and risk them passing this on. Like when you're sick, it's not totally wise to call on your village to come into your house that has all sorts of germs circulating and ask them to intervene. It's, you know, you hope that they can, you want them to, you wish, you fucking pray that they could, but it isn't like in their best interest to do so. So of course they're like, "Bah, stay away." Like, I I love you, but I'm not coming. I'll send you I'll send you soup instead. Like those are mm-hmm. sort of the ways that they can help, but ultimately it's down to you and your nuclear family. And I this think that's what I'm what... going through right
1: now. Like I, yeah. we have my mother-in-law staying with us right now. We caught what I'm starting to think was the RVS that was been has been going around. I'm pretty sure that's what we had in this household. My daughter and my husband had really terrible coughs really 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 bad coughs for a couple weeks my mother-in-law caught it she's here visiting from nova scotia and now it turns out she has pneumonia so and I she has been it. so sick like bedridden for six days she's, she's still in bed yeah she's still in bed oh my god. I, I can i'm talking right now and i can hear her through the wall
0: coughing oh my god she's starting man. to feel
1: good she's almost on the antibiotics i mean good is relative <laughs> but yeah. then we also got pink eye which is just yeah. so strange because you're in the other never in my life teeth.
0: Yeah. And never in my life have I ever had this, by the way. And now all of a sudden I'm wiping asses and it's all over the place. Well, now we have to separate them. So
1: mother-in-law's starting to feel good. Creed is getting pink eye. And I'm like, God forbid... Creed give pink eye to my mother-in-law that has pneumonia so now that's super stressful because my poor mother-in-law is feeling better and she's like oh my god I can't wait to go talk and touch my granddaughter that's outside the door saying nanny nanny like how Stop. heartbreaking is that oh god so that's exactly what you just said about the village like I have to put my village in different compartments in the house right now because I'm so afraid of spreading things and getting more sick which is very stressful to like have to carry the burden I don't like to call it a burden, but the weight of someone else's illness, like your mother-in-law, because I'm the only one home,
0: I'm listening to her be sick. And it, it, it really adds up. It does. And it's a lot of mental gymnastics of trying to be like, okay, got to be in this room at this time so she can use the bathroom at this time. And I need to organize an appointment for her for the doctor at this mm-hmm. time. And how are we going to drive her there? And are we picking up the medication are we all going together in the same car are we risking being together like there's so much thought that has to go into that it is it almost and I hate to say it but it almost becomes part of the load that you would probably be able to navigate far easier with just one sick baby versus multiple sick adults and baby definitely yeah and so I mean it all adds up so let's dive in a little bit more to maternal ambivalence hey everyone Thank you so much for listening to Blame It
1: on MomBrain. If you are loving the show, please consider writing us a review wherever you're listening. It would mean the absolute world to us. And we hope by sharing this podcast, we can reach more moms and help share our motherhood experience,
0: normalize our feelings, and make us all feel a little less alone. Back to the show. I know that reading this article was kind of like an, Oh, okay. Even for you, can you identify with it at all? Like, do you feel like you too have had an identity shift or that you're navigating, figuring out who you are? And also, Oh my God, I have to parent. Like there's so many moving parts to this thing, but what stood out for you that made this article resonate and, and kind of like really feel part of your real life. Um,
1: I can't say I'm feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. When I was reading it, I was like, okay, I'm not in this headspace currently. Like, I've definitely been in this headspace, but I'm not in it now. And I've said before, I very much live in the present. So I just release everything. I've worked very hard on releasing everything that's behind me. But there's one part that I highlighted. And it was when I became pregnant, I felt like I got downgraded from human to woman. The people I worked with, all they would talk to me about was that I was pregnant. It was the only thing about me. It became my whole personality. I hated that, she says. This was something I was worried about when I got pregnant. I very much was afraid of having a baby become my identity because Mm -hmm. I saw this in everybody else. Like, oh, you have a baby? It's like they just talk about their baby." (laughs) Like they no longer have anything about them that is not their, not their baby. And sometimes I feel like I'm definitely in that trap where people talk to me, they're like, how's Creed? The first thing, (laughs) how's Creed doing? Like, oh, she's great. And I don't even, I don't notice that it's happening, but it is something I'm a little bit afraid of. Um, And I think this is the main thing that has, that resonates with me in this article is just that identity shift. But something else that they talk about is Age. So I wonder if that is something that you and I are are differing on because we are six years apart. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was very much kind of okay with having a new shift in my life. People were asking me, Oh, are you gonna come back to work next year? And I kept saying, I don't know. I really don't know. I have no idea. I don't want to plan for it. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. And i was talking about like i'm looking forward to having this baby be a new career change for me because it's definitely not a year off quote unquote because that's the farthest thing from the truth
0: no it's a career change everybody it's a career change you are now you have an,
1: a new job different job yeah <laughs> a different you left job. your old job now you have a new job that has much longer hours actually just eternal hours it's just <laughs> eternal
0: hours forever and ever you are employee of the month fucking always <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least you win that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was something I was looking forward to. Actually, actually, because I've been doing the same thing for ten years, and I was kind of feeling a little bit like mentally burnt out. Just especially after COVID. COVID really, really hurt my career mentally. It, it became very dark. So I was okay with that. I'm still in the place where I'm like, huh, what am I going to do moving forward? So I'm very okay with change. Mm -hmm. I'm not committed to anything. Whereas I feel you are in a completely different scenario. You've worked really hard to get to where you are right now. You're very happy. You didn't really want to have a change. Yeah. And you are not able to continue doing all these things that you want to do and you love to do. Whereas I'm kind of, like, looking for that. Like, what is it that I love to do right now? Um,
0: So I I do think there's that difference between the two of us. To be fair, I feel that I can identify a lot to what you're saying now. Like, at the very beginning of pregnancy, I found that I was exactly with what you're saying. Like, really, I love what I've created. Oh, God, it's taken me 10 years Mm -hmm. to have a successful – or, like – a successful online business with many clients and business partners and it took ages to build from nothing to all of this where I'm completely remote I'm my own boss like the whole thing um, and it felt like a really good time to decide to add in a little person if I was ever going to do it and yes we do have an age gap and so there was that too between you and I I feel like at 29 you couldn't have paid me enough money to <sighs> want a child I was like, bye, no thanks. I <laughs> no, I was on a plane somewhere. Like, I I was already working for myself at that time. I had I I started this when I was twenty six, I think. Yeah, twenty six, because this will be my tenth year. So I started this when I was twenty six, and by twenty nine, I was already working for myself. I had retired from being a phys ed teacher, and I was in control of my time. I was the boss. I had actual time freedom. And any time I was tied down to work, it was a choice. I wanted the business calls. I wanted to mentor. I wanted to work with my clients. I wanted to push harder and harder. Like There was that absolute drive. I got pregnant and I still felt that way. But it's almost like now I'm starting to be like, well, what more can I add? Because I'm so much more than I was that I can... I, I feel like I have such a good handle on what exists already because I spent 10 years cultivating it mm-hmm. that I would love to reintroduce some past things or hobbies or past loves that I want to rekindle my connection with or yeah, things like that. So I would say I'm more where you are now, as you were explaining it at the start mm-hmm. of wanting to get to know yourself a little bit more. And that's part of where this maternal ambivalence is coming from for me mm-hmm. is that, I am also in the midst of trying to figure out like, well, what, what else is there for me? Because I know what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I, I know my strengths and I know how powerful I am when I'm in my element. The problem is I'm never in my element because mm-hmm. right now I'm always sick <laughs> or I'm, I'm momming or I'm sleep deprived. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, like you, am vehemently passionate about making time for myself period. Like you have your classes. I I do s- similar things. I make sure I'm working out every single day. I still make time for work every single day on his naps. It's, I'm still, I have never stopped working since he came out. So. Yeah, but the problem is what if the nap is shit? Well, if the nap is shit, then it's tomorrow or it's later. Yeah. Like it's but always. That, I it's, mean,
1: adds to this feeling of ambivalence and that's like.
0: Yes. Took something from me. Yeah. Like you took the Time I needed. And so that's where managing expectations has had to become really at the top of it, where it doesn't matter if you want to still be working 40 hours a week. That's simply not feasible at this time with a 24 hour a day, seven day a week job on top of it. So I've had to manage a lot. And that's where this identity shift is now coming into because I'm like, oh, I can't work the amount that I want to work. I can't manage the amount of clients I want to manage. Like it's, I physically cannot do it. I can't have 50 new people a week, like like, it can't happen. And so it's just figuring out, well, what other ways am I going to feel my most empowered? Because maybe it isn't taking on more people to mentor or trying to work more, but instead it's reconnecting with different passions or hobbies or classes or people that will be able to meet me with the fluidity I need right now. I can't completely have the structure. I loved and thrived through before. I can have some of it, and I do, but I've had to, again, release expectations for the gravity, the amount Mm -hmm. of it that I had gotten used to before, babe. I think, though, what we're not mentioning
1: is the feelings of resentment that you get when those things are taken away from you, and Mm -hmm. that adds up, and that is the one side of the ambivalence is why are you taking this from me? And as much as we can manage expectations to be like, oh yeah, I, I'm not entitled to this moment right now. It doesn't matter. It still sucks when it's taken away from you. And in those moments, that's those, I hate motherhood moments because I really want to go work out, but you're not letting me work out and I don't like you for this. Yeah. Even if or it's a split have- second thought. That is yeah, and- the part nobody wants to talk about.
0: Yeah. And that's the hard part too, because you're like, I want to be doing this, but I must be doing this. And I'm also lacking on that. So I probably should do that before I can do that. So it's like, it's constantly Jenga of your priorities, knowing that none of the, the, the priorities you want can happen in the order you want them to. So there is resentment. Like there's that but I want to do it this way, but knowing you can't necessarily do so. And then the shitty feeling of feeling that resentment because there's no way out. You Mm -hmm. can resent it till you're blue in the face, but you're not going to sell it. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) your, your babe is your babe. You can't, there's no refunds. You can't return it. So you have to just continue to be on this boat that you signed up to sail with. And riding these waves is very difficult in the first place, but it's like you said, it's one thing to have expectations change, but it's another when it's compounded over time. Mm -hmm. It's, For example, it's one thing to have one shitty night's sleep and then go back to your normally regularly scheduled program of sleeping through the night. Mm -hmm. But it's very different when now I am at a month and a half of broken sleep. That's over 30 days straight of broken sleep every single day. And it's basically newborn vibes. And It's not saying, oh, well, I don't sleep through the night anymore. Oh, well, just gonna manage my expectations and not sleeping. Bro, sleep deprivation, like we've said, is a torture it's a torture mechanism tactic tactic on purpose because it makes you crazy Mm -hmm. and it makes you unable to function optimally in any facet and arena of your life. So yeah, it's all cute that you manage your expectations, but it is very real the impacts of sleep deprivation coupled with whatever, cold, flu, R- RVS, thing, any- anything like mm-hmm. on top of that, right? So so how I, would you
1: say like right now, today, how has all that affected you? Like I, do you have a general negative shift o- about everything?
0: Yeah, I feel like there's like this little little cloud following me around and sometimes it's my baby and sometimes it's negative self-talk and sometimes it's comparison to other mothers. And it floats behind me and is simply trying to grow with every compounded day and thing that passes. Mm -hmm. There is a book that I strongly recommend to every person listening. It's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And essentially, he's expressing how the little things you do daily lead up to this very big important picture for whatever you're trying to lead. Do you want a better marriage? The compound effect. Do you want better health and fitness results? the compound effect. Do you want a stronger, a higher pay in professional life? The compound effect. And he'll go into breaking these things down for you. And while it's true to build up to something magnificent, it's also true to what builds up when something is less awesome. So I am at a point where... It's
1: like someone stacking I, bricks on your back.
0: Yeah. Like if I'm not flexible, I'll break. Mm-hmm. And that flexibility is imperative for me at this point it's flexibility of mind of body of spirit and this this little cloud following me around i know will clear up it's the it's the nature of weather it can't always be cloudy mm-hmm. even if you live in vancouver <laughs> like at some points we've been, <laughs> been having you know,
1: amazing weather lately <laughs> i know
0: i've heard i've heard um you know at some points like that sun cracks through and it peeks through and i think it did bother me a lot to want to record this episode without a concrete solution, mm-hmm. a how-to, a five tips, <laughs> a you should try this. I know. It I'm, I'm me like trying to pull it out of you and you're like, here's the solution. I'm like, no, 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 no. Where are you right now? <laughs> exactly. And so this is what I, I want to get to is I want to remind you that sometimes the solution is just talking about it. Sometimes yeah. the only way out is through and I'm not out yet. I'm no. just still navigating the through do you know
1: how and I picture you right now I picture you like in some sort of weird pretzel yoga pose yeah
0: and then every
1: time you get some sort of little relief like oh my hand just popped out yeah, <laughs> But yeah, right yeah. now He's you're still in some weird like if you twisting. can't see me you can't see me but I'm like trying to get in a pretzel pose um <laughs> like your your leg is up behind your head and that's you right now and then every time something else happens something ah, my arm just twisted again um, yes and
0: right now you're like
1: just just quarter twisted out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's exactly what it feels like. So if you are in a space at the moment where you're like, this is just a really shitty phase, maybe just saying that out loud is your solution Mm -hmm. for now. And I hope that you can have a shit ton of grace and compassion to just let that be it. Because oftentimes I'll go to my partner and his love language to help me navigate a hard time is to pull out a bulletin board a whiteboard with a black marker and to come up with my next business plan, my next plan of action, the next to-do list to help me choose actions to get through. And I'm an action lover. So it's typically what works for me, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes like that hard conversation we had to have on the couch the other night, it was just him listening, saying, you're right. It just sucks right now. What can I do? Can I just give you a hug? Can we just Can we just cuddle? Can we just be here together? And the answer was yes, that's it. That's all it needs to be. And I hope that you will recognize that it doesn't mean a solution isn't coming. It just means you haven't turned that page yet. Um, Everything is temporary. Love yourself through it. There's a quote I love that quote Everything is temporary. Love yourself through it. Mm -hmm. I cannot for the life of me remember the brilliant writer who said it, but I will share it on our bomb page so that you can follow this incredible artist as she speaks volumes to me. And in this season, that is what I'm just trying to navigate. Loving myself through the maternal ambivalence, through the resentment, through the little gray clouds, through the annoyed text messages I have to text to Jodine saying, this sucks right now. I just wanted to say it to someone so that I don't feel so crazy in my brain. Yeah.
1: And my responses are usually like,
0: you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it hell, as stupid as it is, like she's just like, it it does suck. I I know. I'm I understand. Uh-huh. I've been there. Like, not because I want people in my life who are misery loves company kind of people. I'm very drawn to the type of women who are willing to fight for themselves, willing to pull themselves out, not the ones who want to stay in that hard place. I've been there before and my life did not grow. What shifted for me the most was when I was in a hard place, I was willing to sit with it, willing to acknowledge it, but also willing to keep trying because I, everything is hard. Paying your bills is hard. Taking out the trash is hard. Having to care for your kid is hard. Putting your relationship first is hard. But so is taking care of yourself. And I still do all of those other things. I still pay the bills. I still take out the trash. I still care for my kid. I deserve the hard work and effort that it takes to continue to love myself first. Mm -hmm. And that's what I am at. If you're listening to this and you're like, everything is hard. You're right. It is. But you still deserve the hard fucking work and effort and energy and time and blood and sweat and tears that it takes to care for yourself through it. So I hope that you'll receive that and say, I might not have the solution yet, but I'm willing to love myself through it.
1: I think there's the type of women also that sugarcoat everything. And it say, if you were to message me and say, oh, hey, everything sucks right now. Everything's literally covered in shit. You're like, oh, it's okay. It will get better. <laughs> there's a difference between that and saying, you're right. It sucks.
0: And then tomorrow, like, oh, let's move on from this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like different, different I- types of people. I often come back to that conversation we had when I was struggling to pump and breastfeed at the seven and a half month mark, Mm. and I knew it was time to to really reconcile that it was coming to an end, and you were willing to say, like, I don't know what's best for you, you obviously know, but it sounds like it could be time to consider releasing this Mm -hmm. slowly and gradually, but for your sanity, it could be worth it. And that was very helpful for me because I don't even think I had looked in the mirror and been like, oh, I think I should stop. I think I was like, 12 months, 12 months, I have to get to 12, I have to get to, 12. and it was like, no, but why do I have to get to 12 months if I'm mentally compromised to this degree? It's interesting because being on this side of the phone, <laughs> it's it's scary
1: to write things like that, actually. And when yeah. I was writing that, I was like, is she going to hate me for saying yeah. that?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: interesting because it is because it's such a sensitive topic and you really don't want to have you don't want to influence somebody or or someone be really offended by the fact that you say something like that. So I get it too. If you're on the other side and you're looking into someone struggling with something right now, sometimes you're afraid to say
0: what you're thinking. Yeah, you're trying to help, but you don't want to be that guy who gives the unsolicited advice that turns into being really hurtful Mm -hmm. in a sensitive state of someone else. I get it. I think you just have to... Trust, like have your trusted view, Mm -hmm. go with your gut, allow a bit of vulnerability is how relationships grow. And ours has deepened tremendously in the one year and like two months that we've known each other because we've been willing to kind of say like the, hey, this might make me sound like a crappy person, but I wanted to throw my kid on a bed today. like. You know what I'm saying? Or this may make me sound crappy, but I really miss my life before having a kid. And and just knowing that it's a judgment free zone or an open dialogue space. And I would just, you know, Jodine, thank you so much because I hadn't oh. even told you how my morning went and you saved it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> don't tell really me. Gr- <laughs> don't say anything. I'll record it. Don't um, don't and I'm anything. really grateful whether it's, you know, live for people to hear or just you and I. Like you continue to be such a, a wonderful support system. And I'm so oh, grateful. You're welcome. I can't wait to see you. I know it's T minus eight days until I am reunited with Jodine in
1: Vancouver. And there's so much more on this topic that I would love to talk about. If you're listening, please send us your relatable moments because it would be really great to read out some of your moments on the podcast as well. Because in listening to you talk about all these things, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, anytime I'm trying to edit a podcast and I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, Creed's Independent playing right now. I'll just listen for two or three minutes. And then she comes up and, and then I'm I've changed my mindset. I'm in the zone of wanting to to edit the podcast, for example. And she comes up and I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, all those yeah. little moments are so irritating. And you're like, why am I so irritated? I was just, I can just press pause and close my computer and come back to this. But it 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 does happen. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not not feeling this. It's just not compounded, so extreme for me right now. So I would love to talk about it again. And get You know what I'll do?
0: I'll go on our stories and I'll ask everybody. And if you're willing, please be vulnerable to our listeners mm-hmm. and be willing to share. It'll be completely anonymous. Your name will be blurred. No one will see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be blocked off. But I'll just write a little blurb box where you can share with us your most challenging moments. And it will, we can post it online for other mothers to understand. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to talk about it on a future episode.
1: Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for sharing, Amanda. I know this shit is not comfortable to talk about. No. And I'm just really glad that we're doing this because I hope that we're shedding some more light on such miserable <laughs> topics to talk about. And while we love to keep it real with you and give you solutions and give you gift ideas and ways to do things that are a little easier, we wanna, we really do want to keep it real and not sugarcoat sure anything.
0: Yeah, we'd love to honor the reality of motherhood. And like we said with our podcast description, it's literally why we said we wanted to start it, to help other mothers feel seen, understood, and acknowledged in this wild motherhood ride. And it doesn't mean there will always be miserable moments. There are, like Jodine said, she's not necessarily in the same space that I am, Mm -hmm. but It means that she can still honor and see me and vice versa. And it also means I know that I'll get out of this space too. And so will you. Mm -hmm. So hold on to that hope. Thank you so much for tuning in to Blame It On Mom Brain with us. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with someone. And if maybe you know of a mom that this totally needs to be something they tune into today we would be super appreciative if you'd send it forward as Jodine said our listenership is growing and that's incredibly exciting we'd love to gain speakers on this podcast with us to shed light on topics that we can't necessarily touch on and to have more people tuning in with us and you can be how we gain those two things so we appreciate you taking the time to listen with us and we will catch you next time on blame it on mom brain bye bye
1: I swear.